Welcome along to our first uh, video on the Lord's Supper. Uh, we're putting these together for a few reasons. Um, first of all, because uh, we're persuaded that the Lord's Supper is a great gift from God, that he wants to bless us through and we want to help us to understand it. Secondly, um, lockdown has raised lots of uh, questions. Uh, we've not been able to take the Lord's Supper for various uh, reasons. Uh, some of us may, may have missed that greatly, others might not have missed it at all. Uh, and then still others might um, be thinking, look, why can't we just grab some bread and some red juice at home and, uh, and do it that way? The PCC have wrestled with some of these questions and their recommendation was that, uh, that we just put some, some teaching uh, together um, before we next take the Lord's Supper, which, by the way, we hope will be around uh, Easter time. So, uh, what we're planning is, is three videos and some further reading, if, if you'd like. Um, uh, video one is, we'll let the, the Bible define the Lord's Supper. Uh, video two, we'll think about how we receive the Lord's Supper. And third video is, is to help parents think things through and how children might engage with the Lord's Supper. And uh, we hope that will be useful for anyone. So, Nick and I are here. And uh, we're just going to look at the Bible together and the traditional Anglican um, position. Um, this first time I'm particularly going to interview Nick and he can come um, back to me in the second interview. But Nick's been part of this little group that the PCC set up to help us think things through. Have I got that right so far? Absolutely. Great, great. Let's get going then. Um, and really the first question, Nick, is what, what does the Bible say about the Lord's Supper? Yeah, um, not going to be a surprise uh, to any of us um, when I say it's absolutely brilliant that we're going to take a look at the Bible to define the Lord's Supper. Um, it's the best place to go because Jesus is the one who, who gives the Lord's Supper. That's why it's called the Lord's Supper, because it comes from him. I think somewhere in our minds we get this idea uh, that... The Lord's Supper was somehow sort of made up by the church at some stage. Um, it's a, a, a ceremony that we do. But that's not the case. As we've said, it, it was given to us by the Lord Jesus, um, given to the church uh, by him. Uh, so he defines it. That means it's not our job to, to redefine it or reshape it so that it's fit for the 21st century. Uh, instead, it's simply our job to hear what he says and replicate it. And our, our model for that is, is Paul. And you see that really brilliantly in, in 1 Corinthians, where Paul, who, who wasn't there when Jesus introduced the Lord's Supper, he wasn't at that uh, last supper, last Passover supper, first Lord's Supper, um, but he heard it. Now, we can read about that last supper in Luke or Matthew or Mark. He wasn't there, but he heard about it. Mm. And what he does in 1 Corinthians is just give to the Corinthians, what he's received from Jesus. Mm. Same elements, even uses the same words mm. that Jesus had. Mm. Mm. So that's the first, I guess that's the first thing. We don't define it, the Lord mm. Jesus defines it. Mm. Um, so what is it? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a shared supper, that's what the Lord's Supper is. It's, it's a shared supper that uh, focuses on Jesus's sacrifice. That's why when he's instituting it, he spends so much time talking about his body and his blood because it is focusing on his sacrifice for us. Uh, and, and the other thing to say is that it has these particular elements in it. The supper itself has, has bread that's shared, uh, wine, a cup that's shared, 
and a, a gathering, a group of people that share it. So one bread, one cup, uh, and one gathering. Uh, and we can see that, I think, in, in 1 Corinthians really easily, if you just flick up uh, 1 Corinthians 10, uh, verses 16 and 17. Uh, Paul says this, The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of that one bread. So you see, you've got uh, the bread, the wine, and that one body that share the one bread and are so made one. Uh, 1 Corinthians 11, uh, again, uh, verses 23 to 25, great place to see what the Lord's Supper is. Paul says to the Corinthian church, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So it's one bread, one cup, and one gathering. Can you say a bit more? Because when, when you and I were looking um, through this, you, you, you mentioned something about the, the sort of physical nature of, of this. Can you say more? Yeah, so that's something that we've been thinking a lot about during the, uh, the lockdown, while we've not been able to, mm. to take it. But it seems to me, particularly looking at 1 Corinthians 11, that the physical nature of that gathering is, is essential to what the Lord's Supper is. The physical nature of the sacrament, of all the elements, is essential to what the sacrament is. I say that because in, in 1 Corinthians 11, five times Paul says, when he's talking about the Lord's Supper, when you come together, when you come together. He says it again and again, um, because it seems that that sharing of the one bread um, so that they can be one is, is a necessarily physical thing. And actually, when you, when you kind of zoom out from there and look at the whole New Testament, what we see about the Lord's Supper is that it's, it's always a physical gathering of multiple households. So whether you think about um, the institution of the Lord's Supper in the upper room, it was the apostles gathered there. It was kind of the embryonic church. It wasn't just one household or an individual. In fact, it's not possible to take the Lord's Supper as one household or, or as an individual because the very nature of it is that it would be a church activity. And anywhere else you look in the New Testament when the Lord's Supper is taken, it's always uh, multiple households. So it's a, a gift for the church to be taken in one physical gathering. Thanks. Um, okay, that's, that's what it is. That's the, the basic elements. Secondly, then, what is happening at the Lord's Supper? Lots of people refer to it, in fact, you have used this word a couple of times already, as a sacrament. I mean, what is that? Yeah, okay, so th that word sacrament, um, in its very simplest, I think, to, is, is to say it, it is something that God gives to us that actually does something for us. Uh, the Anglican Book of Common Prayer, in Article 25, defines the sacrament as a, a sign, an effectual sign and seal. Okay. 
Yeah, what does that mean? Okay. The point of that is that it's saying it actually does something. So it is a sign, mm. but it's a sign that has an effect on you. It actually does something to you. So, so this supper, it's, it's different to having a tuna sandwich and a Diet Coke. It's not just a physical activity. Okay. It is doing something spiritually as well. So, so in short, sacrament, there's something more going on. Yeah. Is that reasonable? Absolutely. Something, something okay. more going on. I'll go with that. Let's, let me push you on that. <laughs> what, what is the more that is going on then? Uh, before we get to that, let's just get, get rid of, clear some ground, get rid of, cross some things out that it isn't. It isn't what people have often made the mistakes down the ages of, of thinking. Uh, it isn't a reoffering of Jesus's sacrifice. He died it is one, not he, that. He died once for all. He died once for all. Absolutely. Um, so that's why we gather around a table and not an altar. Okay. Because it's not a sacrifice. It's a supper. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next thing to say that it isn't is it's it isn't that somehow this bread and wine become Jesus's flesh and blood. Mm. Again, that's something that people have really got wrong down the ages. Mm. But, but it seems to me obvious uh, as you read the, the New Testament that the apostles would have thought it obvious that the bread was bread and the wine was wine and wasn't his blood and body mm. because they knew exactly where his blood and body was. His blood was pumping around the body of the hand that was giving to them bread mm. and wine. Yeah. And we now know where his body and blood is. His we, body and blood is in heaven mm. at the right hand of the Father. It's not in every so church across the land. It's not here. Yeah, yeah. Great. Okay, so uh, I was saying what is the more, you said what, <laughs> yeah, yeah, what yeah, is yeah. not. So let me push you. What, what is the more that it is? Yeah. Um, uh, 1 Corinthians 11 again, verse 25. This is the cup, sorry, in the same way also he took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. I want us to look at that because I think that phrase is kind of a key to unlocking what this is. Hmm. This isn't a radically new thing in a sense that God's doing Actually, it follows a pattern that we've had throughout the the Bible. Whenever God makes a covenant with his people, he gives them a sign and a seal that blesses them spiritually. And it's often a physical thing. So, uh, Bible history, really fast. uh, Noah, God makes a covenant with him, and then he gives him the physical sign of the rainbow. Mm. Abraham, God makes a covenant with him, and he gives them a physical sign of circumcision. Uh, Moses renews the covenant with him and and they get all sorts of physical things they get uh, the ark and the tabernacle and the sabbath and the passover Mm. all of those things are physical signs of God's covenant faithfulness so he gives it to them and as they receive it by faith Mm. it blesses them it gives them assurance and it it reinforces God's promise to them it's like a token of him saying no I really am saying this to you I really am committed to you. I really am blessing you. As they come to it by faith, he really does bless them spiritually, Mm. grows them spiritually. They enjoy the benefits of the covenant. And so that's what's happening here with the Lord's Supper. Mm. It is one of the signs given to us in the new covenant where God says, I love you. Mm. I really am committed to you. Mm. And I am blessing you spiritually as you come to this physical thing by faith. Mm. 
So we're thinking about the something more, what's happening, the something more that is happening, you're saying from God's side, the something more is him um, uh, blessing us, reminding us of the covenant that he's made. From our side, can we say anything from our side about the more that is happening? Yeah, I guess is how we experience it. Yeah. Um, there's lots. There's actually loads that we could say. We might be able to say it in the next video. Yeah. But, but just two things. Um, it is a, sh- it's a communion with each other. We've already heard that, actually, haven't we? So as we share the one bread, we kind of are joined together. Mm. So there's something going on between us. We'll hear more about that next time. Mm. But also, there is a sharing, a fellowshipping between God and us in a real, spiritual, unique, extraordinary way. Mm. Uh, so, 1 Corinthians 10 again, again, verses we've already looked at, verse 16, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 16. The cup of blessing that we bless, by the way, there it is, God blessing us right. through yeah. the sacrament. Yeah. Um, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? What's going on is kind of all tied up in that word participation. It, it means to fellowship or to, to have communion together. That's why we call it communion. Right. But here it's saying, aren't we fellowshipping in the blood of Christ? Aren't we fellowshipping in the body of Christ? So actually, as we take the sacrament, that is, as we enjoy this supper, one bread, one wine, one gathering, sharing it together, we're actually sharing participating, fellowshipping with Jesus. Hmm. He's coming to us hmm. in his, by his spirit hmm. Hmm. and is fellowshipping with us and giving us all the benefits of that new covenant, hmm. Hmm. Um, of him, hmm. of his body and blood broken for us. And that is, that is beautiful and extraordinary uh, when you yeah. think of it in those, in those ways. Yeah. And, yeah. and how does that work? I, I can't give a physics lesson on it. Yes. I can't give a physical lesson on it, but I think that it works in a similar way to, to how God is present with us in preaching. Mm. When God's word is read and preached, he is here with us, speaking to us mm. by his spirit. He is truly here, present with us. Mm. And in the same way, by his spirit, the Lord Jesus is present with us mm. as we share in the sacrament. Mm. Not like as the bread touches our lips or something. Mm. But as we share in the supper together, Mm. he is present with us, blessing us, assuring us Mm. uh, of all of God's love for us uh, Mm. through him. We we should have said, so it is a memorial, a remembrance of all of that. But but also you're saying um, participation, communion with each other and and with Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess more about the memorial next time. Yeah. It, it absolutely, I mean, he says it again and again, doesn't he? Do this in remembrance yeah, yeah, of me. Sure. He says it again and again. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it isn't just yeah. us casting our mind back yeah. to something that we weren't present for. Something's it is more, happening yeah, yeah. there as well. Something yeah. spiritual is going on yeah. inside yeah. us. Great, great. Well, more on that next time. Look, time's gone, but just as we finish, just a helpful way of maybe thinking about it to sum it up. You shared something with me which I found helpful. Yeah, so I got this from uh, Sinclair Ferguson, great Scottish preacher. He says, the Lord's Supper is like, well, think of it like a marriage. Think about it like a husband. A husband who loves his wife, but only ever tells her he loves her. He says, I love you in all sorts of different ways, but he always says it, always with words, and never physically. So they never 
hold hands, they never snuggle or kiss or uh, touch. Or just just touch, yeah. yeah. And he just said, how long would it take before his wife thought, do you love me? And it's not that by putting his arm around her shoulder, he would in any way be communicating a different love. He wouldn't no. be communicating. It would be the same love that he has for her that he communicates verbally, but he'd be communicating it physically. Same love, but just understood, communicated in that different way. Mm. What Sinclair Ferguson is saying is it's kind of the same with God. Mm. And what he's doing for us isn't giving us something different. He tells us in his word, I love you, I am committed to you, here is my new covenant. He says that to us in his word. But in the Lord's Supper, he's giving us something that is physical. He knows what we're like. Mm. Right. He knows our frame, he knows our weakness, he knows our humanity. He knows that we are physical, enfleshed beings. Mm. And so he gives us this physical sacrament. Mm. Uh, so that as we taste and take and share and eat, mm. we experience physically mm. something of his, his love for us, a sign of his love for us, the seal of his love for us. Mm. It's as if he says in that moment, I love you. I do. And we experience that as we taste and eat and share together. So not a different Jesus, not a better Jesus. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, not, yeah, not, not a different Jesus, not a better Jesus, but the same Jesus differently. Mm. Uh, yeah, that is, uh, that is exactly what we get. Jesus, mm. 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 as we come to the Lord's Supper. So that is why it's such a great thing. Mm. We get Jesus. Great. Nick, thanks very much. I hope that's been helpful. We hope that's been helpful for you at home. Um, watch out for the second video. Join us again. See you soon.